You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to another episode of the Bouquet Toss podcast, where we discuss wedding trends and traditions so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. At the end of the day, we just want to empower you to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to you, which means choosing to include things that feel most authentic and to toss out what doesn't feel like a fit. It's your day. You should have it your way. So I think the best way to start this particular episode off is to quote Beyonce and just say, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is all about bling. The bling. Do you want to give us a little more info about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking all about engagement rings, why we wear them, why diamonds are the stone of choice for these rings, some different alternatives to consider, fun engagement ring facts, and lots more. I am very excited. I think we should just jump right in. Let's do it. So where did the engagement ring tradition start? Turns out, It's been around for quite a while and has been seen in all tons of different cultures all over the world. This exchange of a ring upon the acceptance of a marriage proposal is something that anthropologists think started from a Roman custom. And actually, uh, wives would wear rings that were attached to small keys which meant their husband owned them, which is kind of oh, weird to think another about. Another lovely archaic tradition. <laughs> right? <laughs> do but, as the Romans do, I guess. Oh my God, right? Do as the Romans do, when in Rome. But there's also some history that points to as early as ancient Egyptian times where they would make rings out of braided papyrus or hemp. But it wasn't until around 850, apparently, that the engagement ring was given the official meaning of we exchange the ring with our intent to get married. Apparently, Pope Nicholas I declared that the engagement ring represented the man's intent to marry, and popular proposals involved giving a bag of gold. Well, it was like a dowry, right? Right. Is that is that the right word? Yeah, I think it is, actually. Or is a dowry on her end? Oh, yeah, maybe. Is I it don't like know. the the women the woman's family pays the man yeah. for the for taking the daughter off their hands maybe. <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. remember. <laughs> but, you know, do we want to bring back having a bag of gold with a ring? Maybe. <laughs> um <laughs> but so beyond that, it was in 1477 that the Archduke of Austria commissioned the very first diamond engagement ring. So for all of those years, engagement rings were totally a thing, but they were more so 
all different types of materials and stones, gemstones or precious metals or pearls or gold. But the diamond engagement ring was something that Archduke Maximilian introduced when he proposed to Mary of Burgundy. And it sparked a trend for diamond rings to be the engagement symbol among the aristocracy in Europe. You know, it was like a noble thing, but we certainly know that just a few hundred years later, it pretty much became popular for everybody to do. Right, exactly. And then also, um, the custom of wearing an engagement ring was historically practiced by both men and women. And obviously, it eventually kind of lost its popularity amongst men. But with the increase in same-sex marriages, men have begun wearing engagement rings again. And it's a bit more common. And even sometimes, I think, in heterosexual relationships, sometimes uh, the guy chooses to wear a ring to symbolize their commitment even before they walk down the aisle. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that most people probably assume doesn't happen anymore. I think it might be a shock for people to know that it was something both men and women did historically because it's so, um, I don't know, we just associate it with the woman now so much. But you are absolutely correct. That is something that a lot of couples do choose to do. And then there's plenty of people who choose not to wear them at all. So (laughs) it really just depends on uh, what you feel. Absolutely. That's kind of a good segue. So we've already established this is something that's been done for years, right? For so long throughout history. But what are alternatives to rings? What if that's not something you're interested in doing? Right. There's so many reasons why people may not want to wear a ring, whether it's that they work a manual job and it might get in the way. I know a lot of people in the healthcare industry, they're constantly having to take it off and wash their hands. Like, you know, there's so many reasons somebody may not want to wear a ring all the time, which I get. So you certainly don't have to by any means. What's really interesting and kind of funny to me is for a while, the Budget Savvy Bride, like a a trending keyword that would bring people to our website was an article that we had about wedding ring tattoos. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's an interesting kind of alternative, obviously a permanent one or, you know, supposedly reversible, uh, but not without a lot of pain and money. Um, Wait, tell me more about this. Like, did they actually get what looked like a diamond ring or just um, a, a tattoo in on like the ring finger? A tattoo on the ring finger. So some sort gotcha. of like like circular design around the finger, just like a, where a ring would sit. But instead of being, you know an actual ring, it was tattooed onto their skin, which is definitely a big commitment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's forever. For sure. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm going back to your comment, though. I think that it it is really important to think about that. I think that there are some people that love jewelry. They love rings. That is not something that bothers them. It doesn't get in their way. Like you said, your occupation definitely has something to do with it. I think about all my friends who do theater and at the top of the show, you have to take all of your jewelry off. And a lot of the shows that I've done at professional theaters, they actually have somebody who's in charge of going around and collecting all the women's wedding rings. Wow. Um, So they would keep them safe throughout the show. They would truly like keep them on them so that there was no issue with somebody going into a dressing room and taking a ring. But you know, it is something to actually consider is wearing the ring something you want to do. Is it something you're going to want to continue doing? Because maybe it's not worth it if you don't. 
Right. Well, especially if you have a very expensive and very valuable, you know, stone on your finger, <laughs> you could feel nervous about walking around with something uh, pricey. Uh, especially, you know, I know you live in New York City and I lived there when you and I met. And it's definitely like one of those nervous things. If you're a woman walking alone at night and you're wearing your nice jewelry, you know. Speaking of New York City, if you're walking over like a subway grate oh with my your goodness. finger, I can only imagine, you know, grasping onto it to make sure it doesn't fall through. Yeah, I've heard so many horror stories. And that is why <laughs> jewelry insurance is so important. <laughs> Yeah, that is something we may need to talk about, especially with diamonds, but jewelry insurance in general. That's another aspect of the engagement ring that you need to consider, right? Especially if it's a significant amount of money that's been spent on the ring to protect that investment, not just financially, but also, I mean, there's only so much you could do about the emotional uh, value of yeah. of something if you lose it. But but yeah, the financial aspect for sure. Um, usually the policies aren't that that crazy per year. And it can just be worth the peace of mind, especially if you have like a pricey piece of jewelry. Right. Well, speaking of pricey jewelry, what we definitely see most often with an engagement ring is it's a diamond engagement ring, right? Right. I certainly don't want to say that's the only thing. And there are so, 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 so many options out there. But diamonds were kind of like, you know what? All right. I'm just going to even just say it right now. The diamond engagement ring is perhaps the best marketing campaign that has ever been created. Yes. So let me explain for our listeners. So lay it, lay it down. <laughs> lay it down. In 1947, the De Beers Group launched a classic slogan. Again, this was 1947, and their slogan for marketing their diamonds is "A diamond is forever," and this very slogan spurred so many sales of diamonds. You know, it implied that they are durable, right? It also means, oh, I was given a diamond. That means our love is forever. Exactly. It worked so perfectly. It's also beautiful and it's also pretty pricey. So if it's going to be, you know, exchanged as a symbol of your love for somebody, putting that amount of money into it well, that shows your love. It really they, became like the platinum standard, right? Oh, absolutely. And they just got into the American psyche and convinced us that a diamond is what you should be using to signify love that is forever. And I do truly think about it a lot. I've actually also, I watched on Netflix, if you have ever watched the series called Explained, they have a lot of awesome, just really informative episodes, but they have one specifically on diamonds. And that's where I learned about this slogan. And they go into all of it. And there's, of course, a lot of more even complicated stuff with blood diamonds and just terrible, harsh conditions that are um, accompanied by mining diamonds right but they explain how before that there was no oh i'm getting engaged i'm gonna have a diamond ring and that totally solidified it it increased the sales of diamonds by 50 percent within three years that is significant <laughs> and i'm willing to bet even now how many people do we see with diamond engagement rings that's that's pretty much the norm right yeah. And if it's not a diamond, it's something that is manufactured to look like a diamond. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is absolutely true. 
I think it's something we should all really discuss when we're potentially getting to that moment because it gave me like a, a little moment of realization where I was like, I'm not sure how much of me wanting a diamond engagement ring is that I just think that's what you do. Right. And how much it's because I actually want it. Well, and it's also one of those things too, you have to wonder this myth or rumor (laughs) out there that um, the standard for what you should spend on an engagement ring is a lot of people say like three months salary, but let's bust this myth. No one should feel obligated to spend any sort of amount of money or a threshold (laughs) on a piece of jewelry. Yes. I think everyone should spend what they can realistically afford, what they feel comfortable spending, whether that's your partner choosing for you or the two of you making the decision together because finances are a big part of relationships. And, uh, you know, I personally would never want to receive a ring that my partner was in a ton of debt for that I didn't know about. You're really harping on the fact that it's part of your entire wedding budget. I mean, I don't necessarily consider it a part of the wedding day budget for like the purposes of what we share on the budget savvy bride. But anything that you're spending is coming out of your bottom line, your money, your budget. So, you know, it just kind of depends on how you how you look at it, I guess. But no matter what, someone's paying for it. So it's got to be something you can realistically afford. Otherwise, you're going into debt either for the ring or for the wedding or for both. God forbid. (laughs) But yeah. Well, we actually have a mutual friend, Stephanie O'Connell. She introduced us and we featured her story on the blog about when she got married, her fiance gave her an engagement ring and she gave it back. Yeah, She wanted to use that money for other financial goals. I can't quite remember the details. Did she, did she allocate it to specific wedding stuff or just like life stuff? I, I don't remember specifically, but I think a portion of it went back into like the wedding fund and things right. like that because she and her now husband really prioritized wanting to have their Manhattan wedding because- That's where their relationship had blossomed and they had a very strong connection with their heritage. And so they wanted to get married at this very specific venue and and have their New York City, you know, NYC wedding. And yeah, that was like a bigger priority. And she didn't necessarily care as much about having a big rock on her finger, which is, I think, amazing. It's a total boss move. And as long as it didn't upset her, (laughs) her partner. To do it, I think, you know, they both kind of came to the mutual decision that that money could be better spent or better allocated to something else. Yeah, I think that what we see from her story specifically is that she really thought about personally, did she want to be wearing that ring? Was that worth the money to her? And that is something I also think I would encourage every bridegroom, anyone getting married to really think about, because I feel like in some way, and, and I'm not going to take this away from anyone. Like, I'm sure people love their their rings, right? For sure. But in some way, everybody else, like, we use it to judge if someone is single or not. Mm-hmm. I can, like, distinctly remember when I got to a certain age where I would look at a person's finger. That was, like, the first thing I would do. I can remember sitting on the subway and seeing somebody across from me and just right away trying to find their left hand. I mean, um, I started doing that at the age of 21 because I grew up in the South and half the people I know were married by 22. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right? So it's truly like a way for you to check. And, the, you know, that brings us to another part of this, which is the tradition of wearing the ring on your left hand. Yes. 
which I think is because that's where the vein that goes into your heart or is it the artery or the vein? Which one? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. It's the vein, but, and and that is what everybody believed for a very long time. (gasps) Is it not true? You actually have those veins in every finger. (laughs) Okay. So so you really can choose. I've been doing whatever finger you want, right? We've all been duped. I think it's very funny because I've seen, I don't know if you've seen any of these videos where the like engagement videos and the guy will put the ring on the wrong hand and there'll be people like in the background screaming, wrong hand. Oh no. You know, which does it really matter? But you would think like the girl would put out the proper hand though, right? Some girls, you'd think, but some girls don't even know. Oh, that, yeah, I guess I guess that's possible. Or in the heat of the moment, you know, you're just so overcome with emotion. It's like... Right. You know, it's just there's so much know. going on. Yeah. And I think that, sure, if you want to be a part of that tradition and let other people know this is explicitly an engagement ring, then you better wear it on the left because that's become like the societal sign for right. I am engaged. But what if you don't like wearing jewelry on that hand? What if you just feel more comfortable with it on your right? Should you not wear it there? I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm all about like whatever feels good to you, do it. But uh, it it could probably leave some like room for confusion for other people, but that's their problem, not yours. Right. That's what I think. So I always like to have my jewelry on my left, which will bode well in the future, but for now, (laughs) doesn't matter. But like I wear my watch on the left and I, I wear like my rings that I just wear that I have on my left for some reason it makes me feel better to have it on that side it's it's kind of like an OCD thing but I remember when I was much younger I think I had gotten a ring for graduation and I fit it on my left ring finger Mm -hmm. and I can't remember it was somebody in my family that was like why would you do that you can't wear it on that finger and I was like I'm 15 no one's gonna think I'm married I it's just (laughs) like what I like. I I like it on that hand. And I was so worried that people were going to judge me for wearing a non-wedding ring on the left ring finger. And really, should we really be worrying about that? Right. Or making a a young person question the decisions (laughs) of just something that they genuinely like and want to do? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's it just goes to show how deeply embedded these wedding traditions are within our culture. It's just oh yeah, so yeah, it's just so so everybody knows about it. We think about it. It affects a lot of different parts of how we grow up. At the Budget Savvy Bride, we love helping our couples save money on their big day. Before you go buying anything for your wedding, be sure to visit our wedding deals section, where you'll find exclusive deals and discounts from some of the biggest names in bridal, as well as some savvy sales you won't want to miss out on. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com deals to see what you can save on this week. Again, that's thebudgetsavvybride.com deals. Well, and then also you think about you do the check, right? You check to see somebody's ring finger to see if they're wearing a ring, whether they're male or female or whatever. And 
you know, lots of people don't choose to wear a ring. Like my grandfather who passed away earlier this summer, sadly, he was 96 years old and he never wore a wedding ring, but he was married to my grandmother for like over 60 years before she passed away. And he never wore a ring, but he worshiped the ground that she walked on. Like everyone knew she was his girl, you know, and he only had eyes for her and they had just the sweetest relationship and the sweetest marriage. And he never wore a ring and she never seemed too bothered by it, to be honest. But for me, I was always like, oh no, my partner will wear a ring because I want everyone to know that that person is spoken for, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely thought about that too, which leads us back to what we even mentioned earlier is that the woman starts wearing a ring at the engagement marker right but often and not always but often the and we're talking about a heterosexual couple but often the man doesn't wear a ring until they're married mm-hmm. and it's like well why is she spoken for during that time but he's not right uh come on yeah it, it is a little questionable when you start really thinking about it yeah Also, I think just generally women are used to wearing rings more often, and that's not to say that they should be, but I think just that's how culturally it's kind of gone. Women wear rings more often than men do. Well, and just Um, jewelry in general, I would say. And Absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. So it does kind of make sense, but no, it's worth it to question. It sure is. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to add in when we were talking about how does it matter if you choose to wear the ring on your right because you want to? Well, apparently some countries, including India, Germany, Spain, Norway, and Russia, traditionally do wear their wedding rings on their right hand. Really? So pretty much overall, it's a cultural norm. It's a tradition set by the culture, by the people that are carrying those traditions forward. It's the customs that they believe in that really actually affect what where you want to wear it or where you think you should wear it. That's very interesting. Oh, I wanted to mention something that I also wanted to bring up in the context of thinking about shopping for engagement rings and things like that. Would you want to be completely blindly surprised by the ring that your partner picks out to propose to you? Or... Do you want to have input? This is something that definitely has become, I think, more popular in modern times, especially with the advent of social media and everything else. I think a lot more women, especially, have more of a a hand in picking out their ring or at least dropping hints to their partner about what they want. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, personally, I would not want to be surprised. I think that is like a big investment it's a really important thing that I hope to wear forever right and I gotta like it I don't know I'm all for dropping hints making a Pinterest board or yes I always save rings on Instagram and lucky for me I can pretend it's for work (laughs) (laughs) the best excuse ever (laughs) (laughs) sometimes genuinely it is I will say you know we do look for those bling photos to post but yes a lot of the time it's personal but no one has to know (laughs) I know well and it's so funny too because even now like I get tons of ads on Instagram and stuff with ring inspiration and I'm constantly saving them too Mm -hmm. it's uh it's just it's hard not to double tap like a really sparkly ring photo (laughs) it's so true it's so true and there's just they're so pretty they are 
I think that we should mention, according to brides.com, 62% of couples go engagement ring shopping together. Yeah, so it must be. It's it's obviously a common thing for yeah. to be making these joint decisions together as a couple. And I definitely think wedding ring shopping couples do together for sure. Yeah. But there definitely is still this like, I don't know, it's another tradition sort of that has grown out of the whole engagement thing. But this idea of the woman being surprised, it's a pretty popular component of an engagement, wouldn't you say? Right. The proposal, having it be this big, elaborate yeah. surprise, uh, almost like a heist. The person proposing has to put together a three-ring circus in a lot of cases. It seems like these days they're getting a bit just grand. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And if you are going for that and you really don't want her to know, then you probably aren't asking her to pick out the ring with you. Right. I do think that a lot of couples kind of go together, try things on, and maybe the bride-to-be would give her favorite feedback on the ones that she likes the most, but then maybe doesn't know when it's coming or doesn't know when to expect it or how the proposal itself might go down. I think that's right. probably becoming more and more common. I have a friend who her sister, when she was proposing to her fiance, she... I think she had gotten, I think they had both decided together which rings they wanted, but then each of them purchased them without the other knowing. And so wow. her sister proposed first, and then her fiance proposed back to her at a different time. And so for both of them, it was like, it was a surprise because they weren't expecting it. Of course, once her sister proposed, her now wife knew it was coming, right. but she didn't know exactly when. And so they were both able to kind of pull off that surprise factor, which I thought was cool. I really love the whole idea of a dual proposal or a mutual proposal because it is kind of one of those things where, you know, in a heterosexual couple and, you know, throughout history, this is kind of the messaging that's been put out there in terms of how these things work. The guy goes to the woman's father and asks for his permission to ask right. in the first place. And then the guy is the one doing the asking. Whereas, you know, don't you want to know that that woman actually actively wants the same thing from right. you? I don't know. I think I really love the idea of a mutual situation. I just think that feels really meaningful. I do too. I completely agree. It's empowering. It is. I've actually seen some like viral stories of, especially it seems to be something that happens a lot among same-sex couples for that reason, maybe because of tradition and not wanting it to be one-sided, you know? Right. Oh, they're just so, it's like always such a beautiful story to read. I completely agree. Let's get mutual engagements trending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like a duel? I don't know. Duel. You know, we we should we should figure that out before we start trending. Right. Uh, let's say dual proposal. Yes. Hashtag dual proposal. You heard it first on the BK Talk <laughs> podcast. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, another thing I really wanted to bring up as part of this episode is that something a lot of people may not realize is that a majority of the national jewelers you're probably all familiar with are actually owned by the same parent company. Did you know really? that? Really? I did not. Yeah. So the parent company is called Signet Jewelers Limited. 
and they are the world's largest retailer of diamond jewelry because they operate over 3,000 stores under the brand names, which you will recognize. K Jewelers, Zales. Every kiss begins with K. Yes. Jared, the Gallery of Jewelry, H. Samuel, Ernest Jones, Peoples, Piercing Pagoda, and one of the popular internet ones, jamesallen.com, are all owned by this Signet Jewelers Limited. So you might think one of these brands is fancier than the other, but they're all owned by the same company. Wow. Talk about a diamond monopoly. Right. Wow. Yeah. So they kind of create the market in a lot of ways, I think. There's a, definitely a certain level of the advertising that they put out. We talk about the greatest marketing slogan being a diamond is forever, but every kiss begins with K has uh, pretty done darn pretty good. well for itself. <laughs> yeah, pretty darn good. And the fact that they're just so ever present in suburbia and like every mall you've ever been to probably had a K or a Zales, you know, right. so very, very common. So that kind of shifts us into another thing we should talk about, which is the millennial trends that we're seeing with engagement rings. And I hate to say millennial because it's definitely not just millennials, but it's right now it's happening a lot. And it's a shift in preferences for the engagement ring that, of course, celebrities, they always have something to do with it. But the different types of diamond cuts, like JLo's emerald cut diamond is so popular now for brides everywhere because she stunned everybody with it was this um, her a-rod engagement ring or her mark anthony engagement ring or was this the ben affleck engagement ring oh my gosh now i don't know my pop culture junkie is showing right now i think i think it is so you might have to find out uh, we're gonna have to google this we have to google this I just found an article on Town & Country Magazine that says, see all of Jennifer Lopez's five engagement rings. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the Ben Affleck ring was a radiant cut pink diamond, which colored diamonds is a whole other thing. The Mark Anthony ring was an eight and a half carat blue diamond. It doesn't say what shape it was. I think A-Rod is the, um, Yeah. A-Rod is the most recent. They're still currently engaged. I don't think they're married yet. Pop the question in March 2019 with a massive emerald ring. Between 10 and 15 carats worth $1 to $5 million estimated. Wow. That's wild. That's what we call a rock. Yeah, that is a literal rock. It looks like an ice skating rink on her hand. <laughs> That's really funny. Polly Pocket could ice skate on, on this ring. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> well, what you did mention is that colored stones is a whole other yes. can of worms. And that is something that celebrities have also been notable for using. So Prince William proposed to Kate Middleton with a blue sapphire engagement ring. I remember that. Oh, you do. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Reynolds proposed to Blake Lively with a light pink oval diamond and Orlando yeah. Bloom gave Katy Perry a ruby in a floral halo design. Yeah, it literally looks like a flower. Gorge. That's an interesting choice. But I think it's like cute because his last name is Bloom. Oh, wow. That works so well. Uh, and then they named their baby Daisy or something, right? That's cute. You are a little bit of a pop culture junkie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. 
It's fine. So colored stones is something that is definitely on trend as well as ring stacking. This is something I definitely am guilty of saving so many photos of on Instagram because I think it's really pretty. It is. Right? But so basically, if the engagement ring is shaped as such that it's not quite as easy to stack a wedding band, there's all types of different shapes that you can get so that it fits perfectly with it. And like Um, brings the shape of your diamond or center uh in like really ornate, interesting ways. Yeah, I think that that is a really cool trend and definitely something we're seeing not just with an engagement ring and a wedding band, but even with maybe a third or even sometimes a fourth band as well, just stacking the rings. My sister actually has a third one. So she has her engagement ring, her wedding band, and then their five-year anniversary, her husband gave her a third band because she was so all about the ring stacking and she loved it and it's gorgeous. I love that. My sister, who got married in January of this year, when her now husband proposed to her, it was two rings. Really? Yeah, it was her actual engagement ring. It was two, and they were separate. But what he had done was he had some family heirloom jewelry uh, with diamonds in it. And so he took the diamonds from these pieces of jewelry from like his grandmother, great-grandmother. I'm not exactly sure the relationship. But he used them and had these two new rings set and made for my sister. And so he proposed to her and she wore both of the rings as her engagement ring and then added a third band as her wedding band after their wedding. That is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. It was so sweet. And I was like totally well, not totally involved, but you know, he told me of all of the plans, sent me the stones and like sent me the design for the ring and she just loves it. It's beautiful. It turned out really, really nice. And I think she's one of those people who just loved how meaningful it was because it was pieces from his family and she just knew how meaningful and precious that was. So I love that. I think that's probably the best way we can wrap this up is to bring it back to remembering your engagement ring is intended to be meaningful. That's, yes. That is where it came from. That is where it started. And that's where it continues to be today. I love it. Bring it full circle. Da-dunch. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was wonderful. Good job. Kudos to you. So before we go, let's close with actually a few wedding facts because we got too many for me to just pick one. So in recent studies, it was revealed that 28% of women would possibly turn down a proposal if they didn't like the ring. Whoa. Right? I mean, that, I I don't know. I can't imagine it happening right in the moment. Imagine they like open the ring box, get on one knee, and you're like, no, that's not it. Right. (laughs) But we talked about it. It is really important for the woman to like it. Right. But you wouldn't turn down the proposal, right? You would accept and then have a very delicate conversation later. Yeah. I wonder where this uh, study was done because that's crazy. But all right. Well, another crazy wedding fact, we're going to say they're crazy instead of fun, (laughs) is that people on average visit four retailers and view around 27 rings before making a purchase. I believe that for sure. Yeah. Doing your due diligence and your research. That is the savvy way to shop, after all. (laughs) You heard it, folks. That is the savvy way to shop. (laughs) Speaking of savvy, the average cost is a little less than $8,000 for an engagement ring. Wow. Is that savvy? I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, spend what you feel you can afford and what you feel is appropriate. That is, that is what is savvy. Absolutely. Spend yep. what you can afford. There you go. Well, this was so much fun. And I know I'm personally going to go look up a ton of more engagement ring photos on Instagram. I invite everybody listening to do the same. (laughs) And thank you, Jess, for giving us all of your fun pop culture junkie (laughs) knowledge. It's it's great. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. (laughs) All right. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then please join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps support one another and also shares the free resources that we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.